now a shorthanded chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Well, we got a whole bunch of news to run down uh, throughout this show, including one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. That is coming up in hour number two. We'll also get into... Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Final, which has put the two-time defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning within one win of advancing back to the National Hockey League's championship series. And one of the most unique interviews I'm ever going to do in this program is coming up at the bottom of this hour as we're going to go into something that all sports fans need and desire but maybe don't have the proper skill set to accomplish. I'll explain it to you in just a little bit. Uh, welcome in to the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Studio. Home of the... Woo! What happened there? Why, why was the, uh, had, the delay? A, the deep breath. It's Friday. got to get a good woo in. What do, uh, you don't usually have to take a deep breath. You don't usually get caught off guard. No, no, I wasn't caught off guard. You're I was, not ready to go today? No, no, I, well, I mean, that's debatable <laughs> if I was ready to go or not. But, uh, no, you I. You came into the studio late. at four minutes. Yeah, yeah. Or three and a half minutes, too. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I was ready, but I, I had to, long story, look, pretty wild day. So my, my kid goes to summer school and he goes to a school that is not, he has to take the bus there. Well, he texted me at the time he's supposed to get picked up. Uh, Dad, the school bus is going to be an hour late. So I've been basically behind schedule all day because his bus, for some reason, was an hour late. It's always somebody else's fault with I you. I know. Damn school bus. Always somebody else's Blame fault Blame those school with you. buses. Uh, yes. Tampa Bay Lightning uh, beat the New York Rangers 3-1 last night in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, what's becoming uh, a bit of a concern for the New York Rangers beyond being up against it again for the third straight series. But they're having a little trouble holding leads and protecting an advantage. Scored first last night. We're able to uh, dent the twine in a weird goal uh, against Andre Vasilevsky. It wasn't his fault. It was just from an odd angle uh, through a maze of players. And uh, it looked like they had some momentum playing at home, and the place was rocking. And then back come the Tampa Bay Lightning. In a couple of the most uniquely innocent plays that you're going to witness in a huge game uh, involving star players. We're talking sifters. From the point, Mikhail Sergachev uh, with one, and then he took the second shot and it went off Andre Plot and in in the third period. Uh, the game was put away by Brandon Hagel, who is a fired-up dude, uh, acquired from the Chicago Blackhawks uh, earlier this year, and it was three unanswered goals by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and now they can close it out at home uh, tomorrow night in Tampa and advanced to uh, the Stamp, uh, Stanley Cup final for a third consecutive year. But the sifter made a massive presence and appearance last night 
in Game Five of the Eastern Conference Final. Do you know what a sifter is? Yeah, isn't that the when you you you're at the beach and you? Oh no, that's a sieve. Yeah. Am, am I am I am I close? Am I in the ballpark? Is it the same type of thing? Nope. Okay. Nope. What's a sifter? No, no. A sifter is just a quiet little shot. It's not. It's like half wrist shot. Uh, half just throwing it uh, towards the net. It makes no sound at all, and it's not considered to be a scoring attempt. You're you're not trying to blast it home. You're not trying to hit a corner by any means, but you're a long way from the net, and you've got some traffic in front, and you can just sift it through, and sometimes it will find the back of the net. One of the best sifters that I know is actually Alex Petrangelo when it comes to the sifter. But uh, but this came up a, a couple of years ago where a coach was doing a clinic or a practice, and it was his terminology at a Memorial Cup. And everybody's like, what are you talking about, sifter? He's like, yeah, yeah, exactly what I just said. And and now it's become a thing around the hockey world, uh, the, the sifter. It's not a snapshot. It's not a slap shot. You're not actually trying to score. You're just trying to get it somewhere towards the net, and maybe you might generate a rebound chance. The odd time, it goes in, which happened on Sergachev's goal, his first goal. The second one, same thing. He hit a body and it deflected in, but it doesn't make a sound. There's no release off the blade, and there's not a, a big preparation for it where the where the player has to position his feet and really get uh, in a situation like a snapshot uh, or a half slap shot where the goaltender can read a, a release. This one just just happens and. Phew, it's it's on net. So that's the story of the sifter, uh, and because of its uh, stealth-like possibilities, uh, it can do damage, which which it did last night. And I was surprised that Sergachev, uh, an offensive defenseman, uh, coming up, had gone that long, uh, like. 40 games without scoring a Stanley Cup playoff goal. I was shocked. And then he contributes a goal and an assist uh, on the uh, the winning uh, uh, drive for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, it, it is. You know, he he's, I think, a guy who we, we, we kind of overlook on that team. I mean, I know they have a couple of other guys that, that, that kind of don't get the, the headlines, like a guy like Ross Colton. But Sergachev, to me, is, is a guy who... Do you think he gets overlooked? I I think he does. He kind of gets overshadowed by some of the other guys that he plays Ooh, with. Oh, I don't know. Like he he was acquired for Jonathan Duran. He's a big part Boy, of that talk team. About, talk about he's, a good trade, huh? Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. one team anyway. You're you're right about that. Uh, he's got some a lot more grit to him than you necessarily expect. Now, Sergeyev doesn't put up all world points like maybe was predicted at the start or that potential, but I think he's he and Hedman are the two pillars on that blue line. Hedman is, well, I, I think a lot of guys would be overshadowed playing with Victor Hedman because yeah. I, I just Or in like, the shadow. Yeah, because he's just so so much better than almost every defenseman in the league. But I think Sergachev kind of flies under the radar a little bit. What I like about him, he's got a little bite in his game, yeah, too. Yeah, no, totally. Like, he, I, I, I tend to, to like players who keep it clean but have a little bit of bark and he's got that. Like he, he definitely has a little bit of bite in his game, and and he, he he plays on the edge, but he never seems to cross the line. And I think that that's one of those things that uh, 
that 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 I think make him a, a player who who is a, just a really key cog and a big component of that team because he he doesn't do stupid things, but he plays close enough to kind of get under your skin. But he doesn't. Oh, ever... no, he put he pushes right back to you. Too. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like his game a lot. And you yeah, you he... give him a stick, he's get giving you back a cross check. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and and I like that. I I like players, especially D men who play like that because I I, I like D men who aren't going to be pushed around. Did you did you like the game that Tampa Bay played last night or the Rangers played? It was really even. Yeah, uh, throughout uh, Tampa Bay didn't have the the shot volume that that we're used to. Uh, the overwhelming shot volume uh, compared to the New York Rangers uh, through the first four games. Uh, that didn't happen last night, but they had a, a couple of posts. And, and the Rangers, quite honestly, deserve to be in front 2 nothing, if not for Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, well, and that's the key, right? Like, we, we always talk about how much better Vasilevsky gets as, as games and series go on and you know, maybe he was a little rusty, shaky in the first two games, but boy, he's really seemed to have found his game the last couple nights. Was he allowed two goals in the last two games? So, I mean, he's definitely uh, upped his play since the Lightning went down. And I think what we saw was we saw that the, why Tampa is a two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, right? They don't panic. They, they they find ways to win games. Maybe sometimes they're even outplayed in those games. Maybe, like last night, I thought, like you I said. I didn't think they were outplayed no, last it was night. No, it was even. It was a very game. even game. Yeah. But it could have gone either way, but Tampa doesn't panic, and they just seem to continue to find ways to win games, and now they're on the brink of a third straight Stanley Cup final. I think that's the final we all want. But Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The New York Rangers are not done no, yet. But the New York I, Rangers have done an amazing job of fighting through adversity to stay in this thing. Uh, they were down big against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and won their way into the second round. They were down against the Carolina Hurricanes by multiple games and managed to win a key game on the road in Game 7 to advance to the third round. And they won the first two games of this series, but have uh, have uh, put themselves in a position where they've dropped three in a row and faced elimination again. But... Part of me thinks that this is right where the New York Rangers need to be before that team starts going a little bit. I I, I don't think so. I, I think the first two series that they won, I think there was there's a little bit of luck. I think I think there was definitely some smoke and mirrors that they were winning those games. Okay, with. give me the smoke and mirrors. Well, like Sidney Crosby getting knocked out of game five. They're down they're down what? Three to one in that game, two to one, two nothing, and they're I know they're okay. down two goals in that game. Jacob Trouba throws an elbow, knocks Sidney Crosby out of the game. Not penalized. No. Uh, no, no. Uh, no suspension. No, no. But we we can be objective and say he he hit him with an elbow. That doesn't sound like you're objective. That no, sounds I, like you're trying to make your own case. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. But regardless, Sidney Crosby leaving that game completely changed that series. The Rangers were done. And they found the way to come back with Pittsburgh's best player out of the game. And he wasn't the same. What did he miss game 6-2? I think he played game 7, but he he clearly wasn't the same. Uh, and then Carolina was a team that at some point was going to lose a home game because they couldn't win on the road, but they'd been undefeated at home. Something had to give, and the Rangers no, it found. Didn't. Well, they they, but but Carolina, but they, they Carolina and and Pittsburgh are not the Tampa Bay Lightning. Neither of them have an Andre Vasilevsky in net. 
No, Lou Deming uh, has he, he played uh, admirable. gone a long way from uh, from Andre Vasilevsky. But he You're played right. Deming played an admirable series. But at the end of the day, he's not Andre Vasilevsky. Antti Ranta, he's not Andre Vasilevsky. I just think in a closeout game, you look at the numbers for for Vasilevsky over the last seven games. He's played one goal on two hundred shots. I so just, you think this series is done? I think it's done. I think Tampa wins tomorrow night. You can you can go to the bank with that one. Hmm. I get what you're saying about Tampa's history and being able to put teams away when they have the opportunity. It is well documented how great Andre Vasilevsky performs in elimination games. You're right. There is that track record. But you can't overlook what the New York Rangers have done in this Cinderella-type run to the third round and being able to raise the level of their play. it It's almost like, okay, you count them out again, shame on you. And I, I, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning should be favored. I think the expectation should be that the Tampa Bay Lightning advance to the Stanley Cup tomorrow night. But there's a gnawing at the back of my mind that's telling me to be careful and be a little hesitant to declaring this series over. One part that is the biggest concern for, for the New York Rangers is fatigue. Mentioned this yesterday, that they went full seven against Pittsburgh and had to face elimination three straight times and managed to bounce back. They went the full seven against the Carolina Hurricanes. And then a quick turnaround. And they got Tampa uh, off a long rest. And they weren't sharp. Everybody admitted that from John Cooper right on down to the players, that Tampa Bay wasn't sharp early on. And and uh, the Rangers were able to capitalize on that. But has fatigue caught up with them as much as any disparity in talent? I, The way the Rangers have played this year, I think fatigue is a bigger concern going into tomorrow night than whether or not they're not as talented as the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, I, I mean, I, I think you're, you're onto something there because it certainly looks like it could be an issue. They've played... The full complement of games, right? They've played as many yeah. games as you possibly could have played up to the this max. point. So uh, it's a lot of hockey in a short period of time. You're basically playing every other night, and there's travel involved. And I, I understand that once you get to where you're playing, you're there for a couple of nights, so it's not like a, the regular season. But a lot of times in the regular season, you're not playing back-to-back or every other night for six weeks because it's it's right. basically – what, what we've been looking at since the start of the playoffs. The Rangers have basically played every other night for the last month, more than that. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, fatigue certainly could be an issue. I I, I think a little bit of Tampa maybe. What what I think is something that I, I, I won't shy away from with the Rangers, where I think that maybe they could have a little something, a little spark, the end of the game where Steven Stamkos just absolutely pummels Alexi Lafreniere, uh, bloodied him up a little bit. I think the Rangers are a team that they they kind of, th- this team from last year to this year are night and day. Last year, I think the Rangers kind of cower, and they, they let that just defeat them. The Tom Wilson situation yeah. and, and getting out of their skin physically. I yeah. think this is a different team. They've got a group of guys led by Jacob Truba, 
Uh, they, obviously, Ryan Reeves, who we know here, they're not going to shy away from that. They're going to go they in. Can't, and they can't do anything about it right now. They can't, Chapman. They, they can't risk taking any type of uh, bad penalty when you're facing elimination. That sounds all good, but they, there's no way that those two players can go out and push the envelope. And what are they going to get back at uh, anybody for? Stamkos and Lafreniere uh, got into it, and the old man taught the young buck a lesson. <laughs> he certainly did. He did. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. A stammer was sit- sitting there. He took a couple, and they said, enough of this. It was a lot like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Alexander Ovechkin, and was it Svechnikov a couple years ago when Ovechkin just yeah. dropped him? He, uh, he taught the kid a lesson. I, I told my wife at, uh, we were watching that kerfuffle at the end of the game. A couple of little uh, scrums in different places and then a fight. And I made the declaration that was the most talented kerfuffle I've ever seen as far as big-name, talented players. That was all skill. There was nobody out there that was out there just for the last couple of seconds and the shift that might possibly stir things up. That was full-on emotion at the end of a hotly contested game. And you've got the captain uh, against uh, the future of the New York Rangers. And the the best part is you had two first overall picks involved in a, <laughs> in a fight at the end of a Stanley Cup playoff game. And nobody batted an eye. It was just hockey, baby. Yeah, it was fun. It, it was fun. I mean, I'm glad nobody got hurt. But... I, I like I, I like that. I, I I mean look, it's it's a it's an emotional game. The the emotions are ramped up during the playoffs. The game is over. I have no problem with that. I and and I kind of enjoyed it. I mean well, I, you you made it sound like the Rangers were gonna be all hot and bothered well, because I, I, I think Stamkos beat up the kid. I think they could be. I, I think it might make a man. I think they might be a little angry going into tomorrow night's game. I'm not I, saying they're going to do something stupid. You talk to the Rangers coaching staff, there's not a chance that they were uh, upset that somebody took advantage of their player. That was just that was just hockey. Not not uh, an issue with that at all. Well, I think what they say in public and what they say behind closed doors might be two different things, too. Okay, guess what I hear? What's that? Both. Yeah. <laughs> I get the behind-the-closed-door stuff, and I get what's out in public. I hate you sometimes. I know. <laughs> But but that's that's the uh, draw of me is I can talk to those people. Yeah, no, and I, I know exactly what what was said, and there was no issue with that last night. That's good. Then that's good. That's good for for Tampa, I think, because yeah. I I think I think Tampa got way more out of that end of the game scrum kerfuffle than the New York Rangers did because it was their captain, their leader, yeah, that was involved in that front and center, that along fi- with a, a, a lot of other talented players. That fires you up a little bit. Yes. Absolutely. But I still, I'm not going as far as you as, as saying that the Rangers' run is fraudulent. I didn't say it was fraudulent. Oh, I, you I, totally I, alluded I, to that. I, I said there's a little smoke and mirrors. I'm not saying it's, look, they're obviously a very skilled team. What you're saying and what the thought bubble is above your head are two totally different I, things. I, I will say this. I don't think they're as good as the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think they were very fortunate to get to the position that they're in based on the circumstances that were... And look, they took advantage of those circumstances, but I think their road to get to where they are 
is a little bit easier than the road that the Tampa Bay Lightning had to go through to get to where they are. I think talent will weigh out, and I think the Lightning are a better team. I think they're a better talent. They're a more talented team. They have a better goalie. I think at the end of the night tomorrow, they're moving on to, to the Stanley Cup final. Oh, I, the, the margin for error between these two teams is razor thin. Well, you have two amazing goalies. Except you, you agree with me. But then you're saying uh, Tampa's way better team, and they're going to move on tomorrow. Well, because I, I think when I, I, I think that Vasilevsky's a better goalie than Shosturkin today. Ooh. Today, maybe, maybe in a year or two, the conversation's different. But right now, yeah. Vasilevsky, I, I'll give him the nod. I think skaters. I think I think Tampa's a little bit more talented, but I don't think the Rangers are are that far away. I just think experience, talent is on the side of the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Rangers have shown an ability to get up off the canvas. They have. Who has to be the one to pick them up? I think, well, they've, they've got a couple guys I could look at. A guy like Zabanajad. They've gone quiet. Yeah, Kreider, Zabanajad. Those are the guys you kind of look for. Yes. Panarin, the guys you, you expect to lead this team. Who have we been talking to about the most on the New York Rangers? I would say Shosturkin and Hedl. And the kids. And Fox. Yeah, we, we've been talking about the kids the most in this series. That's not how the New York Rangers will advance. If you're talking about the kids, it's a great story. But against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, you need to have Panarin, Zibanejad, and Kreider to be a lot more productive than they've been so far. Yeah, those are your star players, right? Those are the guys you pay the big bucks, the ones you, you, you pay the big bucks for this time of year, and you're, I, I, I'm in total agreement with you. If the Rangers are going to win this series, those are the guys that are going to have to get the job done. So here's one. I was watching the, uh, as I was watching the game last night, Adam Fox breaks his stick and then has to defend going down the ice without a stick and does a great job with it. How hard is that, uh, like, uh, to do? Well, one, for a hockey player to skate without a stick is completely odd and uncomfortable. It's just it, your body feels weird not to have something in your hand because you've got something in your hand 99.9% of the time, all the time, uh, as a player. So, so one, to skate down the ice without a stick is, is weird, and you're wondering, how am I going to do this? Am I going to dive? Am I going to take a penalty? Am I going to trip? And he did it absolutely perfectly. In the face. Now, the, the, he, they gave up a chance, but... In that situation, I, I, I thought Fox did uh, a, a fabulous job in it. But he breaks his stick. Uh, Steve Levy on the ESPN broadcast is is he's I love Steve Levy. I think he's one of the best in the business, if not uh, the the best uh, that we get to watch in the United States. He uh, he says, uh, how, "How much is that? Three hundred bucks?" <laughs> and he says it to Messier. Messier's like, "I don't know." But it's a bad time to break a stick. Yeah. I'm like, mess. We all know how much a stick costs. <laughs> like we're we're not in a bubble. We're we're in the roundabout range of how much a stick costs. Don't and, and what it sounded like was Messi has never paid for a stick. <laughs> which is probably true. Yeah. I can't And if uh, he has, it's been a really, really long time. Yeah. It was probably when he was 17, yeah. if that, because he, he turned pro so so young. So 16 or 17, even then his dad was a coach. 
So he probably got them from the team. So I don't know. He, he might have been single digits the last time that uh, that he paid for a stick. Yeah, one of those old wood Sherwood sticks. Oh, I love the 5030s. <laughs> Feather lights. Uh, but don't say you don't know. <laughs> I don't know a lot of things either, but I make it up or I go with it. Yeah. I mean, uh, in and around. Yeah, 300 sounds about right. So how much do you think that stick's worth? Oh, it's I I think they're they're pricey at that level, uh, probably four or five hundred bucks. You're you're just making that up too. No, I'm guessing I because I've seen the prices of some of the sticks and I know they're really expensive, and these guys are using top of the line stuff. So, uh, I I would not buy a four hundred dollar stick, but I, I I don't think Steve Levy's too far off. I think he's probably in the ballpark. Yeah, I I, I agree. But we're talking sticks that the world-class players use and that are are right on the edge for the ability to be light, be powerful, and be durable. So I'm, I'm going to just go to what site should I use? Because I don't want to pick it because I don't want anybody to say that I have uh, favoritism or I'm, I'm supporting. What, what, what kind of I, – I would I'm say – I'm looking for a sporting goods uh, uh, someplace that sells. I was thinking Hockey Monkey. Yeah. Okay, I'll go there. But you're at CNA, right? Maybe maybe run down during the break and see what they what. The, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but uh, yeah. I mean, I I wonder. I don't even know what kind of stick he uses. Adam Fox. Doesn't matter. Okay. I'm going. I'm going to sticks here. All right. And I want to know what the 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 most expensive hockey stick is, because Levy Levy brought it up. Three hundred bucks. Okay, so he uses a Bauer Nexus Geo. Mm-hmm. That's Douglas. the stick. Let's see. How'd you find that so fast? Because I'm quick on the Google. So right from Bauer.com, two ninety nine, two hundred ninety nine dollars so and ninety nine. He was he was right on the button. Yeah, two hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Two hundred ninety nine dollars. Now, if you're <laughs> okay, here's the difference between. A professional hockey player, and parents, you're listening right now. You can you can totally agree with this. Even kids are listening uh, right now. Your your kid is out there, and he's in a game, and he breaks a stick like that. Are you worried about the back check, or <laughs> picking up the pieces so you can try and get the warranty? <laughs> I'm I'm out there making sure I don't get splinters because I'm picking the pieces of the stick up. I'm right with you. I am absolutely right with you. (laughs) Got to make sure I don't get splinters. Three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's an expensive sport. We don't think about it like that enough. We know we, we, we know that there's a cost, and that's why these these parents that are, are running their kids in and around, I, I give them all all the credit in the world. Now, who but, handles that with the Golden Knights? Is that Critter who who orders the sticks? Yeah. So so he has to like go online and find the prices, or or does he deal directly with? He the, deals directly with the manufacturers. He's okay. Not, he's he's not using uh, Amazon. Okay. <laughs> so we got the Bauer Vapor Hyperlite. It's three thirty nine. That's Lafreniere stick. Three thirty nine. Yeah. And the the stick that Fox uses is two ninety nine. <laughs> that's like, crazy. That's, that's incredible. Uh, and that's just the the Bauer. I should uh, I should compare a, a couple other ones. Like CCM maybe uh, 
is 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 another good one that uh, that we should go because that's I don't want anybody to think that I'm picking on Bauer. No, no, I don't think you're. No, I I don't think it sounds like that. But it's a golfers. I I, I golf. I uh, we were talking drivers the other day, and and the price of drivers, like a stick isn't quite to the extreme of a driver, but I keep a driver for four years. Yeah. This stick could be gone. One play. One play. Now, the good thing is they're great about warranty if it's in a certain time. Like you can take your stick back. But uh, if it's outside the warranty, you're done. And that warranty ain't four years long. That's our, We got a couple of CCMs at uh, 309. Okay, so, so they're so all in the, three, the three hundred nine is is about the the same. I wonder if it's like gas prices where they like go every, up. Well, everybody just matches the other one. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I don't think sometimes we realize how expensive some like tennis rackets are, are in that ballpark too. Like a really good tennis racket, I don't think they're quite that much, but they're not cheap. Like you can run down the wall to Walmart or Target and get a tennis racket for thirty five bucks. But if you want like a really good one, like the professionals use, you're you're looking at a couple at triple digits. What sport are you using the most expensive thing in? The most expensive stick if you play hockey. Yeah. The most expensive racket if you play tennis. Baseball bats are pretty expensive. Yeah. I wonder what 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 would you use? Uh, keep not, that in mind. Certainly not soccer or basketball. Tweet us, uh, tweet us the stick, the racket, the baseball bat along there uh, at Darren Millard or at Magnum Seven Hundred Two. We got to take a break. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit uh, heavy here. When we come back, I'm going to talk to somebody that offers up the, one of the more interesting interviews that I've ever done in this program, and it all revolves around your man cave. We all want this. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Okay, bear with me on this. I know it's a hockey show. I'm very aware of it. I've been doing it for a few years now. But uh, the next guest is not a hockey player. In fact, he's a football player. Uh, Javon Ferguson uh, joins us now from the Vegas Nighthawks, who have a big game tomorrow night against uh, San Diego. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that. But, uh, Javon, welcome to the program, uh, VGK Insider Show. Appreciate you joining us. And we're going to talk about... Thank you for uh, having me. Thank you. We're going to talk about your 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 real job right now and uh, and what you got going on. Uh, Tell everybody about the, the passion of Javon Ferguson. Um, I, when I when I answer that question, it's always funny because I mean I've been playing football since I was three years old, but um, I tell everybody we always have to be more than what we've been doing, you know, all our lives. So I started my uh, architectural design firm uh, when I got out of college, and that's kind of been my passion after football. But of course, football will always be my love. But it's, it's good to have something else to kind of get into when you're when when football is over with. So I stumbled across this, and I, I found out about uh, what you're doing here. And wh- part of the reason, and then I went on uh, on the website, and it's fantastic. Like I, I don't know whether you designed that uh, yourself, but like it's it the the, the gallery part of it. Uh, people gotta gotta check it out, and I'll make sure that everybody knows uh, Dream Villa Design. Uh, go to uh, dreamvilladesign.com. Uh, but uh, why I wanted to talk to you was uh, get some ideas for people who want a man cave. If you want to sport uh, and really trick it out, uh, what what are the most important things if I want a man cave? 
what I tell people, and I have a that's kind of one of my the one of was one of my first projects was was a man cave, but uh, a man caves are always interesting. But what I always tell people is think of your wildest dreams and let's try to figure out a way to make it a reality. So uh, that's what I do when it comes to projects like that. So of course we have to have the bar. It's a man cave. We have to have somewhere to watch the game. Uh, but after that, it's all about the uniqueness, man. And that's, that's kind of where I pride my business on. I don't like cookie cutter designs. I don't like putting things together that I've seen already. I like taking the imagination and kind of stretching it. And that's kind of my job. I take what seems very, very unlikely to happen with, with a dream of, I want this, that, and the third in my man cave. I try to make it a reality. So uh, after the bar, after a good spot to watch the game and maybe some places to gamble with a poker table or a pool table, everything else is up to the imagination, my man. How many TVs, Javon, do you, do you really need, need for, a, for a true man cave? Uh, minimum two, at least two. But I love on it. The, uh, on the wasteful side of it, I like to say four or five. <laughs> that is outstanding, and uh, and you you get them uh, different sports, or you can have the same sport on, and you can rewind. I use it to rewind of my old man cave uh, that I had back home. Uh, when when you designed your first one, uh, what did you do in that one that you loved at the time that you might want to do differently now? Uh, well, so so the one I did for the first time, I renovated a, I believe it was a ten by fifteen, uh, twenty by fifteen shed. Uh, they were using it for some storage back there. It wasn't being used much, and we gutted it out and turned it into a, a, a man cave in the backyard. But um, just like I said, basically, I, I'm 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 working with it. But what I what I would change one one thing I would change is. Uh, pretty much the bar area. That's one thing that's kind of always the focus point of all the man caves. I, I don't know if men like to drink or, or, or what, but uh, every time I do a man cave, the bar area seems like something that ends up being most of the project. So um, I like to mess with the, with the bar area, make it super unique, and um, I want to keep just growing with that and seeing how unique I can make my bars because I think that can be a staple of my man cave is when you see well, something that I designed that Javon Ferguson designed, you'll see, hey, that bar is kind of crazy. It probably was designed by Javon Ferguson. So, oh, yeah, uh, I staple. Want, I want the bar to be a little cooler. Uh, Javon Ferguson is with us from the Vegas Nighthawks, uh, and he's got uh, this great, beautiful career going and uh, and company with Dream Villa Designs, and he does, oh, does the, the full house he does closets. He does everything. But I'm focused on the man cave because uh, it's a hockey show, and we're in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, what's the most <laughs> underappreciated part of a man cave? The most underappreciated part is the furniture. A lot of people, a lot of men don't care about the furniture pick or, you know, what the actual furniture selections will be. But that will make or break the the luxury and the comfort of your man cave. No one wants to go in the man cave where you can't fall asleep on the couch, where you don't have multiple seating options, where you can't invite the buddies over and have places for them to sit. So uh, the seating options in the furniture are the most important part of the man cave. Uh, arcade game, yes or no? <laughs> arcade game, yes. Yeah? Of course. Would you have, do you have a favorite? I would favorite? go arcade game for sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm a Galaga guy. I don't mind the Pac-Man thing, but it gets, it gets a little old when you get on, on a real roll. Uh, so we got some I'll furniture. We got the bar. Uh, we we've got the uh, four TVs. Uh, if you want to go uh, a little uh, uh, extreme, what about decor? 
Are you a big fan of logos and, and doing that, or do you like the sort of man cave that's stylish? I feel like sports is the heartbeat of a man cave. So when we talk about logos, if you're not a fair, a fair weather fan, if you have teams you die hard for, if you're a real fan of your teams, put the logos on the wall. Because a lot of people like to change teams mid-season, mid-Stanley Cup. Um, you you have to be a diehard and not be a fair weather fan. So I say it, it's a must to put the logos on the wall and put the logos as many times. One time I did logos on the cups and the plates of the man cave. So when it comes to decor, we like to go hard when it comes to being a real fan of a certain team. So you're a football player, a linebacker with the Vegas Nighthawks, uh, back in action tomorrow off a of bye week, uh, 4 o'clock at the Dollar Loan Center. It's going to be fun. San Diego's the opposition, awesome. and you beat the hell out of them a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking forward to uh, a big win tomorrow night. I said it. It's not bulletin board stuff for anybody else, so don't worry <laughs> about me getting you in trouble or anything like that. Uh, uh, how much do you work on the Dream Villa designs and the projects that you have got going and balancing off the football part? Uh, like I said, I've been playing football since I was three years old, so it's second nature to know the routine of how to be an athlete and how to prepare for a football game. But uh, it, it varies week to week and day by day. It's, a, it's, it's always a sacrifice, whether it's a sacrifice for Dream Villa or a sacrifice for a little sleep. But uh, I never sacrifice the amount of work I'm doing, if that makes sense. So I always sacrifice the sleep first. But when it comes to balancing the two, uh, it's all about that discipline. I try to keep a discipline. I work, uh, mostly more, most of my mornings are all geared towards football. I put 100% when I'm in the office, when I clock into the Dollar Loan Center. I turn off Dream Villa Designs, and I kind of keep it all about the Vegas Nighthawks. And I think that's a good recipe for me. And then when I get home about 1 p.m., I start that job. And once I start that job, I go until I get the work done. And like I said, it's all about discipline from there. And uh, the first thing we sacrifice um, is, is sleep, and then we sacrifice <laughs> free time with my fiance, and then we start sacrificing whether it's one of the other jobs. So um, it's all about the discipline. So that's kind of how I balance them out. Sounds like multitasking, too. Uh, Javon Ferguson <laughs> with us, uh, the Vegas Nighthawks uh, linebacker, back at it tomorrow. Uh, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Uh, do you find your so I was you run into therapists every now and then, like, hey, uh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a therapist, and I always feel like they're they're analyzing me, like I don't know yeah, whether they're. Yeah. Uh, are you are you uh, sizing places up when you go out to it? If you go to a restaurant or you go to uh, a sports bar or something like that, are you sizing up going? I could do wonders with this place. Man, that's, I can't walk into any establishment, any brick-and-mortar place without thinking about how I would have designed it. But I also go in there, especially being in Vegas, there's so much cool architecture and design here. Um, I, I fall in love with it. And I'm from Louisiana. It's awesome, some good stuff there. But here is on a different level. So every place I go to, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a bar, whether it's a, a grocery store, I look around and be like, hey, I could have did this, but I'm definitely stealing that idea. So... Um, a lot of inspiration walking around Vegas and Henderson. Um, there's a lot of cool things going on around here. And, of course, I definitely go in each establishment and uh, turn my, my design brain on. And, and sometimes I have to turn it off a little bit and enjoy the food. How, how do you start the process? Uh, do you sketch it out? Uh, are, you, are you actually drawing it or are you on the computer doing it? Uh, so I do start it off sketching it out as simple as it is. But like I said, it all starts as a conversation. I pride my company on 
picking the brain of my client. So I figure out what that lifestyle is. What am I designing for? Who am I designing for? Almost like a psychological approach to it. And once I figure that out, we start bringing it to paper. Once we go to paper, we start, like you said, we head to the computer. And uh, once we go to the computer, then we start permits and all that, and then we go into the real construction. So that's kind of a a, a fast-paced explanation of step one to step ten, if that makes sense, A to Z. So Uh, we go from talking about it to straight straight to paper after that. What's your favorite room or project to do? I focused on the man caves, but uh, give you the the, the big stage here. If you could do any project or room in a house, uh, what would you do? Um, I'm falling in love with exterior, man. Um, I've been doing a lot of pools and a lot of backyard spaces. And, um, I mean, it kind of goes into it with the man cave, but, um, exterior places, outdoor living as becoming a, it's kind of gravitating as my niche. So, um, I've been gravitating more than that, more to that. So backyards, any outdoor space in a residential home, uh, I've been killing it. And that's kind of where a lot of my growth is coming from right now. So, I think that's my lane as I push forward and keep growing as my as my company continues to evolve. Um, I definitely want to put an emphasis on outdoor spaces, patios, and uh, landscaping, things like that. So uh, that's kind of my, my, my best projects and the most fun projects I get to do is when I get to have fun with a backyard and turn it into an oasis. Oh, you uh, you got people just drooling right now. Dream Villa Designs. Check it out, dreamvillagedesigns.com. Uh, Javon Ferguson uh, with us uh, right now. You going to redesign San Diego tomorrow? Are you going to do, do a little bit That's of That's uh, the plan. That's yeah? the plan. Hopefully I get some hard hits so coach will give me some time off so I can uh, go go get some work done actually. What would you uh, what would you do for uh, coach Davis uh, if if you were going to do his man cave? We actually got some cool stuff in mind. So uh, if, if everyone goes to follow and follow me and see what's going on with my career, you'll actually see a project not long after the season is over with. I talk to uh, Coach Davis all the time. So we're in the works of some really cool stuff. I don't want to spoil his, his projects coming up, but we have some cool stuff we're working together, and he's a great guy. So he's also he's all, all, always been very supportive of what I do, and he loves it. So we got some work coming up soon. So follow me, uh, whether it's on the website, whether it's on my my social medias and uh we'll for sure get it we'll, we'll for sure get the you know the audience some pictures and videos of the project we got coming up what are the social media handles buddy uh at jv ferg at jv ferg on everything jvferg and that's on tiktok instagram twitter whatever you you do you go look up it's all the same name see that's how behind i am you use tiktok first and that's the last one that i go to uh, so that, I'm old. You're I'm just cool. I'm trying to keep up with it, man. I'm trying to keep up with You're, it. Also. So it's I'm, not. Don't feel bad. Don't I'm, feel bad. I'm going to be part of tomorrow's broadcast. I can't wait to, to hook up with you. I'm going to come by and say hi and uh, give you a high five because I think you're doing a great job, and this is fascinating stuff. Uh, good luck with the football game, and keep it going on Dream Villa Designs, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for all the support, man. This is awesome. Uh, that's the best guest that we have had in a while, and he's not even a hockey player. That is so cool to, to chat with Javon Ferguson from the Vegas Nighthawks. Say, so you want a man cave, you want any type of redesign for your backyard or your whole house, uh, just go over there right now. Dream Villa, two L's there, uh, of course, uh, designs, dreamvilladesigns.com. And uh, I, I went there and thought, we we got to get him on the show just because of, of what he's doing in this man cave stuff. Never mind the fact that the dude can play football. And he could bring it. Number four, Vegas Nighthawks. Like, 
He's. I wouldn't want to be hit by that guy. How happy he is, <laughs> Chapman. We got to get our studio done. Yeah, or, or or my podcast studio done. No, no, no. I've seen your podcast studio. I, I I'd say you're doing pretty good there. It, it looks good. The 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 goalie masks along the wall. But you only see that one shot. I'm talking about the whole room. So if I, there was a bar in there, though, the podcast would be a whole lot more interesting. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, there really weren't any good like arcade hockey games. Like I can't recall any. No, I don't need. I, but, uh, well, just the, uh, the, just arcade game. The arcade just, game is cool. Pac Man, Galaga. Yeah. You remember the the sit down. Pac-Man were like you would Yeah, you'd I didn't go to like, like that, though. No? Oh, that no. was great. We had this pizza place in New Jersey. Oh, my God. I like was... sitting on a stool. Yeah. Playing a little playing a little centipede or Galaga. Yeah, Galaga was Galaga was good. Yeah. I wonder what the, everybody's favorite arcade game was. <laughs> Do you know how much money I blew on arcade oh, games? Oh, when, when, Street when Street Fighter came out and that was yeah. in the arcade? I, wor- the- I worked in the arcade in the summer. That was my summer job on the boardwalk. Every paycheck, I'm blowing money until I got the key to be able to play the game for free. Oh. <laughs> uh, I like the racing games, too. Yeah, yeah. The, I think there was with the steering wheel, the one yeah, where you yeah, got yeah, in, yeah. inside yeah, the inside. Indy car. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. cool. Javon Ferguson uh, on uh, the field tomorrow, 4 o'clock, the Dollar Loan Center. Uh, I know it's uh, it's a hockey show, but uh, I couldn't pass that up. Uh, opportunity. Give us your thoughts on your favorite thing, must-have for your man cave for your sports room be able to trick it out i can't wait to see what uh, rita has to say about that uh, we're going to take a break when we come back it's the play of the day on the vgk insider show on fox sports las vegas that was awesome no chance to shoot for stevenson centered eichel scores it's time for the play of the day on the vgk insider show one game last night, uh, one game a night for the rest of the season, and some nights we won't have any games because uh, we are working our way towards the Stanley Cup final. The Eastern Conference Championship Series is uh, trying to determine a winner to face the Colorado Avalanche in the Championship Series, and we got a little bit closer late in the game of a tie hockey club uh, game against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers last night. Kudrow Miller, steal, loss of Stamkos, left circle. Left point, Hedman. Right point, Sergachev. Sergachev, shoot, score! Same Sergachev! Thing. Same thing. Same Another thing. goal for Sergachev. It's 2-1 Lightning with a buck 50 left in the third. And what did he do? He just snapped it at the net again, just like his first goal. Sesterkin so, so couldn't see it. There's no way he could see it, and it went through the net. And went into the net, I mean, just snapped it, Sergachev. And Sesterkin didn't see it. He didn't, uh, Phil, and not at all because of the sifter that uh, Mikhail Sergachev let loose and found at the back of the net. The first one uh, went straight through for his first goal, the second one off Andre Platt, and then he had an empty netter by Brandon Hagel, and the Tampa Bay Lightning have a 3-2 series lead. Our number two of the VGK Insider Show is coming up a little bit more on what happened last night and what we expect to occur as the Tampa Bay Lightning can close it out at home. Sounds a lot like Vasilevsky time, doesn't it? Unless the New York Rangers can find another gear and recover. Tampa's won three in a row. The Colorado Avalanche have won, what, one, two, three, four, five, 
in a row. They're on a roll as well. So you got uh, a couple of teams uh, on a collision course, unless the Rangers can find a way to get in the way. We've also got one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, a bunch of stuff happening, including a trade to tell you about, uh, a most interesting trade, uh, a little bit of a, a quirky one for you. It's all coming up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.